Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News. Thanks for taking the time to get the latest updates from your CMD Tower News Team. Now we're to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane change? Well, what's the plane change? Oh, what no. is the plane chase? What is the plane chase? It exists. Well, uh, this is a special report coming in from your old pal, Big Tuck, at Big Tuck Tweeting. I just spent a very, very long weekend in Richmond, Virginia, going to Command Fest Richmond. And boy, howdy, what a blowout. Uh, it was the most exhausting weekend I've ever had. Not even, it, like, Mr. Combo will remember this. We went to MTG. We went to... Magic Fest, Kansas City, was that what it was? Yep. A few years ago. And this one blew it out of the water. Uh, it was all Commander all day. A lot of Magic celebrities there, which we'll get into later. But more importantly, I have a few things I wanted to bring up to the collective. Bump, Yeah, and before we head into that, you know, guys, we'd love it if you could swing over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower. Any support you could give us may potentially get Tuck out of his singles debt he may have incurred in Richmond. Oh, I wish, but we'll get that in the second thing. So we have four parts to talk about today. Number one, A, if you will, pre-release. So the big thing, Mr. Combo, this weekend was Baldur's Gate Commander Legends came out big that's huge it was fun it, it's a solid set it's awesome they indu- they introduce a new mechanic which is arguably maybe better than monarch initiative which was just the cat's pajamas but the way that they wanted to play you the way that they wanted you to play this was a little insane so okay have you when was the last time you went to a pre-release years years right me as well so what was but remember when we've done our draft of your command pod, right? Yeah. You pick your thing and do that sort of stuff. So the way that they did their pre-release for this was still commander, but get this. One hour drafting. Three packs of 20 cards, you draft your deck out of that, right? Which is which was fun, right? I don't do a lot of draft, but the fact that you get to build a commander deck out of that. Round two, quote unquote, deck building, another hour. Whoa, whoa. So just picking, doing your draft is a full hour. Mm-hmm. How many people are you drafting with? Eight. Eight people that you're drafting with. Three three packs of 20 cards. So that, just, get, just get that on your mind, right? Then you get into the games. Barely no time limit. No one has any clue what these are going on. So for me, I was like, okay, perfect. We're going to draft. We're going to do, we're going to draft. We're going to build a command decks, do one round, split the points, tickets, however they work. No, no, no. You have to do another round after that. So just to, just to point out how long this took, we started our first draft on Friday at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Okay. I had to gimmick my way to split the pot at 7 p.m. so I could rush and do another commander like firing event after that. Four hours? Four hours. And literally the next day, we got there at 11 Drafted from 11 to 3, went and got lunch, and came right back. So it was really fun to build commander decks, but they there's no reason to have two rounds. It would be like doing, and you can't switch. So when we did your uh, your commander cube, we at least like switched decks or something, did something different, right? Yeah. But the, but the problem is this, is like, you get to you keep get, the cards. 
you get to keep the cards, obviously, and then you get 50 tickets for playing. Okay. But if you win, you get an additional 100 tickets. Oh. And some people were chasing some bullshit prize. I don't know. And honestly, half the time, I was like, okay, this person's a scrub. This person's probably good. And this person is on my level of like what we're doing. And literally half the time, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to knock him out. We're just splitting these tickets and moving on, right? It happened over and over and over again <laughs> to the point where I, uh, this the third time I drafted the set, I wrote a note on a piece of paper and passed it to a guy. And it just said, we're splitting this, right? And then I kind of felt like an asshole because I just ran the board out because <laughs> no one could beat me. And I eventually like traded him tickets for like a, a oh, uh, your vexing puzzle box. Oh, yeah. It's out, baby. I got two of them. I'm very excited about it. So the pre-release was really fun. And that's what they were trying to get you to do, right? Like you were trying to get you to do this thing, but it was a total mess. Uh, and it went on for hours. So a pre-release fun could have been a little bit better. So uh, the biggest thing I want to ask about that, how much corporal tunnel damage do you think you caused with having to sleeve and unsleeve piles of cards? It was a wild, it was a wild, wild west out there. People were running unsleeved decks. Uh, luckily, I drafted Demir Initiative for those who played two days in a row. I was trying to do Rakdos. So the second day, I actually just had the exact same amount of lands that I needed to get. But it's the same thing where it's like there's a huddle around going get in the lands. It's madness. And some guy uh, whose podcast is the Flippity Bippity Doo podcast or something like that, he had a picnic basket with him instead of a pile of cards. Mr. Combo, I'm dead ass serious. It was a wild wild west out there. People were people. Some people were sleeping it. I was playing. I I played in two pods with two uh, parents who were clearly over the age of sixty or seventy. It was it was a nightmare. It was a complete wow. Nightmare. So before we go to the next section, did you see any disgusting? Like, did you did you end up having to keep any cards that would not help you win just purely based off value or that you wanted it? So. This happened to me and my other uh, friend that went up there. Both of us got past Bramble Sovereigns. That seems past good. Bramble Sovereigns. He got the extended art one. I got the normal one. The, th- the last pod that I played, I was like, I don't even care anymore. I already know what I'm going to buy, uh, which you'll see on uh, a Bruise and Builds in two weeks, I think. We'll talk about that off cast. But the point being is like, yeah, it got to the point where it's like, especially the third or fourth time I was like, I just want to get, I'm just buying, I'm pulling cards as rares, right? I don't even care about it. Cause it's like, if you pull a $5 card, you get your points back. So it it was a little bit different from that. And also you get a free foil promo. My first, my first foil promo was a reflecting pool. So I was like, all right, I got my money back there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Bonkers. Well, that's cool. So I guess then the last thing I'll give you, what would you do different at your next command fest where they are drafting a commander set? I would do one. We did three and it boiled my brains. Like imagine trying to do the commander cube that we did three days in a row and try to play commander after that when money's on the line. So that's, that's the only thing that I screwed up, which we'll get into the later parts. I should have done one. I didn't get the VIP pass and that's just how it worked out. 
All right. Well, I know the next area we want to talk about is trades. We saw a little preview into your trades. Well, why don't you talk about how you took a pile of kindling and turned it into a couple duels? This is this was the big one. So I knew I wanted to do this because uh, CCO uh, Brando up in the north talked about how he opens boxes and trades them in. And you and I have talked about this in the past, right? Like we yep. both had these giant binders of stuff and we're like, you know, you're going to get eaten out on it, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to get your money's worth or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I was walking around, looking around and there was an Italian card shop. Yes. Yes. Italian cards are so cheap. Right. So I was like, I was, cause I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to offload a pile of shit. Right. Like I know this. And I was looking around and trying to find duels as we were. And I think Mr. Combo and I talked and like, you even said, you're like, Hey, do you think you're going to get one duel out of this? And, and I, I was like, said, maybe, maybe probably not. Who knows, right. And, uh, I was walking around and there was this one shop that had a glass case of just all Italian cards, mostly Italian dual lands. Right. And they were like giving away for a song. They were like, they had Tigas and they were like $175, which I already own and all that stuff. So identified them as this is a pot to go to. So day two, after the grueling six hour pre-release or however long it was, I went out to my car and brought like literally a case of everything. Right. And just, I couldn't, they, they were counting it. I couldn't offload it faster than I, I couldn't offload it faster. Right. But the crazy part was, and this is kind of antith antithetical of how you and I both believe every single secret layer card that I showed them, they were like, Whoa, all of them. Really? Because it costs so much to ship them to Italy. Oh, so they're thinking like taking it back and then they could right. charge. Oh, every, every single, like, uh, every single secret layer card, they like would give me way more than I thought it was worth. Right. And that's off load of shit. So there's like four piles. Uh, and also funnily enough, while I was going through the, my binders, I also realized, oh, I have a bunch of cards that, that bull of Citadel that I need to put into Toshiro. Like I actually own that card, not that sort of stuff. So they were like whispering around here and there. And eventually it got to the point where they were like stacks of shit. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to go those, get those dual lands. So I traded a pile of shit and they were like, it's this much money. I was like, perfect. That's enough to get the bad lands, but almost much to get that Savannah that I wanted as well. Yeah. Also damaged the bad lands aside. Who fucking cares? And then I was like, all right, how about this? That's Savannah minus $30. And then all these cards were good here. And they were like, da, 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 da. I got to go ask this guy. All right. All right, cool. I, was just <laughs> like, I literally just sat there for an hour and a half watching them count cards. Oh, that sounds know. awful. Yeah. So, um, and then eventually they're like, okay, it's cool. Great handshake gone. They're probably fake, but whatever. But I will say this. So if you are trying to trade your cards out, these sort of events are the way to do it, right? Like you can see exactly what they have in their, you can see exactly what they have in their cases. You can see exactly what you're trying to get out of them. They have the price stickers on them and they're fairly negotiable. The other thing too, is that a lot of people had heavily played binders and damage, right? Oh, nice. So I got, I got a Japanese, I got a damaged Japanese revel and riches for $3 or something. What does that normally go for? I don't know, probably 15 or something along those lines. I would love it if someone looked it up and it's like, Tuck, it's actually a dollar. It's, it's a like, dollar. It. I, I screwed up. Yeah. So that's so the trading part of it, that was a big part of it for me, right? Like I couldn't have done that just in a normal game store. Can't get those Italian dual rare. And 
Now, for those playing the home game, I am at five comparative to Mr. Combo's full set and plus, correct? Oh, I think I, I probably have two, two copies of each. Well, I know I have two full sets, and then I probably, I mean, heck, I got another Underground C here. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm up to almost three full sets. Might even be borderline four, to be honest. Maniac. At some point, I'll be a grown man like you. Uh, so, okay, so that sounded cool. A um, couple questions that I have for you. Was it worth it to go through all the counting at home that you had to do? You had to do a lot of getting everything ready for the convention, then sitting there for an hour and a half, waiting for them to go through everything to get, let, I, I don't know, what what was it, probably $400? In the cards? I like close to five, I would okay. say. So 500. So do you think it was worth that type of time? And I don't mean because you could just go pay for it yourself. It's just right. more like you and I know what it's like to sit there and sort cards sort that all, many. Sort. It just hurts your brain. So do you feel like you were all the pain that you went through, the mental anguish was worth it? Or do you think next time around you want to maybe plan it a little bit different? I wish I would have gone through all the pre-cons and all these other decks that I have. I wish I would I wish I would have even pulled out even more cards going into it, to be honest okay. with you. Right? Like just the fact that like I cleared four binders and turned them into one and turned them into two cards that hold their value way more, yeah. that was totally worth it. So it's exhaust it was exhausting, right? Like literally I had a table set up in my living room, which was literally set up today because I had to go and sort all the other shit that I had from this. So it was a, it was a whole, it was a lot of work kind of, right. It was a lot of sitting around and wait. And then you like give them a card and you're like, Oh, this card's worth $40. 12, right? Like I had like that foil. So great example. And this is what I'll say to everyone, right? Like to me, if I was going to sell these cards on eBay by myself, probably would have made a lot more money. Right. Case in point foil, like alternate art gin cataxis that's $80 or $100, they give me 50, right? And did you feel I good agree. about that or did you want to fight it? I kind of did and I kind of went back for them. Uh, best part was, so you'll appreciate this, last November at the Drinkathon, I won the Ragnar, right? Mm -hmm. Reserved list card worth a lot of money. Yep. And I was like, what do you think about this? Just, just to hear them out, right? And they're like, we're not buying that. No way. Dead serious, right? And get this, I was like, "Why?" And they like they were both talking. And first off, the first guy who was counting the cards was like, "I've never seen this card or heard of this in my entire life." And get this, though, right? And this is an interesting point about the reserve list. They're like, he said, "I know this card's worth a lot of money, but I can't sell this to anybody." Interesting, right? And maybe it's an I, Italian I don't thing. I, I don't know. Well, I, I've heard that when it comes to ultra high-end cards like obviously not every lgs or game store could afford to buy a black lotus a black and be lotus, able to right, resell exactly. it um and and you could even go down into smaller cards like you know uh next week we're gonna have a mr bever's neighborhood where we talk about gaius cradle spoiler but that's another one to where i don't think every single shop wants a gaius cradle because they may not have the clientele to buy right. it but I think it's interesting with a card that Ragnar is. I mean, it's not like it's it's not Gaia's Cradle expensive by any means. But it's but uh, it's still a piece of magic history, probably still worth like 50, 60 bucks, something oh, like at least, that. Like dead ass, dude. Like I'm so that's what that's what blew my that's what blew my mind, where it's like 
I'm not gonna buy this. It's worth sixty three dollars, right? And yeah, like it's reserved list. It's only gonna go up for whatever reason. So that was like that was the wildest thing about trading with these people. But like the biggest part was this: is like to sum it up is I had all these cards, all these cards in my binder, right? And they're just sitting there, and I don't have the mental bandwidth or the time to go through and figure out what's worth what, right? So I knew I was gonna take a bath on sending this to all of them, but I walked out with two things that are now like effectively investment properties. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, and guys, before we head to the next area that Tech wants to educate us on, I think this is a great time to remind everyone about abyssproxyshop.com. If you use code CMD Tower, I know Tuck, now that he has more duels, will probably go to that proxy gallery under custom card and type in Badlands. And oh, oh yeah. buddy, all the different options out there. Once you have a piece of magic history, use the magic online rule. Have one. I can have as many copies as I want. Go get a bunch of copies for three to five bucks on your nice little $500 investment. And I will say this. I talked about this with some people that I was playing with and they recommend, and this is not for everyone. They recommend if you're going to buy a proxy of an expensive card, get the alternate art because it's easier oh, yes. when you're going through your collection to find them. Yep, and I've even started to do that uh, collective mainly because I don't want to ever be called out for trying to trick someone with a fake yes. card uh, or a play test or a proxy, whatever you want to use. So I always try to get something that I know is not official magic art just so that way it's like, hey, you know this is fake, right? All right, well, Tuck, I think the next thing is the social aspects of it. Uh, how was it actually being in a big conference hall with magic people left and right? Well, so in Richmond, it was all masks, which was kind of a weird throwback a little bit. Like, we don't need to get into this, but that made it really hard to identify people who I may or may not know. We'll get into in Section D. But overall, it was it was really fun. Like, you, I met a few guys um, that you played against where they're from Florida. A lot of people are from the Midwest, like some of Canada. Overall, I would say it was solid. Uh, okay, I will say that there are the two caveats of this. I have two. So socially, everyone wants to play magic, right? And as we all know, people, some people who play magic are a little bit more insular than otherwise, and that sort of thing, right? So the two, there's two instances that I want to bring up. One of which was from my friend uh, that was there, where they had to call a judge because people at the table felt uncomfortable about the person's play mat and card sleeves. No way. Was it like anime, like Godfather, Mr. Uh, the Godfather's wanted. I'm so it's, it was like your, uh, gal or what's it? Your, uh, Empress Galena. Yes. Galena deck. But like, it was like that, but like uncomfortable. Right. Wow. But like way worse, like bizarre. Like why would someone choose that and accept it to be like, and, to be fair, there were like kids who were 12 years old playing to these tables. Like I played against someone who was 14. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. Is this strange, right? Like, and there's a lot of like crossover of, uh, there's a lot of crossover of anime friends and people who had Yu-Gi-Oh playmats. And so the two things I have to say about this is as follows. There's magic guys like you and I who are like in shape and big, right? And there's also like the jacked dudes, right? That do this like as a thing. So a lot of, lot of over-ear headphones, a lot of, lot of sunglasses indoor. I went to the bathroom, as you have to do, and I saw this guy come out, and he was wearing like something on his hip, right? It, like, it might have been a gun or a knife, okay. 
I was like, or maybe, or maybe like a pouch, right? Like, like a survival pouch, right? That's like think a, what you're describing is called a fanny pack. No, but it's it's it was on his leg here, right? Like, oh, like, okay, around his waist on here, right? And I've known people that play rugby that that's it's like a med kit just in case something happens. So like, okay, cool, like wash my hands, walk out, and I was like, oh, this guy maybe it seems like he's you know in the zone, whatever. And I turn around, he has his it's a holder for his fucking play mat. That is nice. awesome. That's hilarious. It's awesome. You like that? Oh, I would never do it. I would enjoy seeing someone do that because it was. Look, that's a whole level of confidence that I don't have yet. He's wearing over your headphones, tank top, and sunglasses indoor is insane. So the only thing about social interaction before we get into the content creators, which I'm very excited to talk about, is this. Right. So do you remember Ryan Gardner? And Lily. So I was sitting at a table and my friend Josh is playing another table over there. And I was like, oh, he's put, wait, that girl kind of looks like Lily, right? Yeah. I haven't seen her. I haven't seen them in three years. So whatever, right? Playing, 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 playing. They leave. She walks over. I'm playing, playing, playing. I look over and I go, that's Ryan and Lily. That's no way. That's them right there. Looks dead ass like them, right? Oh, okay. So it wasn't them. You had me almost freaked out. No, I'm done. This is how I feel, right? I look at them. I was like, that's, I thought that was Lily. She's with someone who looks exactly like Ryan Gardner. Same dumb ass shit. Same dumb ass shirt. Same unkept beard. Everything, right? And Mr. Combo, I'm dead ass serious. It's like, yo, Ryan. Guy turns around, right? I go, right here, pal. You like that? What'd the guy do? He was, de- it was like dead science. I was like in the middle of playing a game, right? And I was like, I was like taking the game away. So I wasn't really paying attention. So I was like, I can't believe you. I can't believe you came all the way to Richmond. You never travel the state. And he's walking, this is as he's walking towards me, right? It's like, and I thought that was Lily, your fiance. I assume now it was playing with my friend there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, what did you call me? And he gets to the here and he goes, wait, you think my name's Ryan? Not the right person. <laughs> Is it, and, and, and I was like, I was like, you're not Ryan Gardner. And then I turn, everyone has to wear like a placard. I turn, it's his name Jeremy or something. And I go, I'm so sorry. I hope me giving you the finger didn't ruin your day or anything. You, you and your girlfriend look exactly like Mr. Combo dead on same wow. color hair, same beard, same eyes, same black. <sighs> So before we get to the, con- I am curious about the social aspect piece. Like, did you encounter, because like the, the last time we played at a convention, rule zero kind of wasn't a thing, but maybe it like was kind of starting, but it's, it's way gone. Yeah. And I think it's because of the, the VEDH is why the rule zero yeah, conversation right. has really exploded. Uh, Cause it's hard to do stuff over webcam. So did, how was that? Like, did it seem like people were overly sharing about their decks and trying to make sure the pod was good? Or was it still like old school uh, Magic Fest where it's like, I don't want to tell you a whole lot about my deck. I just want to play. People are very honest, but the problem is there's no, this is why I talked to my two friends that went with me. So I played four games of ca- casual commander and I'd say two of them were normal kitchen table stuff, if you will. And Two of them were, I was not prepared for this. And I've heard the same thing. So the I think the, the issue is this, is that there's my my uh, co-hosts, or not co-hosts, my uh, co-car patriots had much worse where someone said, oh, it's a seven. And then they went on turn three 
like no um, response or anything like that. Right. And I didn't, I didn't run into that too much. We pretty much people were like outside of the mention earlier of, well, I have expensive cards in my deck, but I bought them when they weren't expensive. Like, and he just stacks out the game. Uh, so I think the, I think the issue with that is like, there's, it, it kind of goes back to the same thing we've talked about many times over is there's just no barometer for it. Right. What, what is a you and I six sure is someone else's two or eight. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's where the rule zero conversation always is difficult is sure. In, in the Kansas city pod, this is a six, but in North Carolina, it's an eight. Right. And I don't know that. I don't know the difference. I, I do. I will say this. I most people who said we're it kind of came down to are you running easily tutorable infinite combinos or not? Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Honestly, that's kind of how it boiled down to. But there's this. So what we were talking about, and I want your opinion on this, is the EDH point system. So if you have uh, if you have uh, mana crypt in your deck, that's forty points. If you have demonic tutor in your deck, that's 30 points. And then now you can build up to a point level maximum or just a general one of however that looks. What do you think about that? I, I don't like it. They, that's don't like been it? around for a long time because I think that's essentially Canadian Highline. Hand, I think it's Highlander. Canadian Highlander, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never liked it because once again, some someone's determining the point value of a card in reference to its power level. And I think that's just silly. Uh, like I would never put mana crypt point. And I know you're just giving an example, but riffing off yeah. of it, uh, I would never put mana crypts point value above demonic tutor ever, mm-hmm. ever, 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 ever. I've died more times to mana crypt than I can count <laughs> demonic tutor. I usually go get lands with. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so, I wish, uh, I wish, I wish I could prove you wrong, but I played enough games with you where I know you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why I don't like the point system. Yeah. I think honestly, and I mean, it, it's kind of bragging on us a little bit in our channel. Uh, me and marketing Ross started working on a power level calculator like three years ago. Oh yeah. Um, and I actually think it has a lot of juice to it. It just, it's going to be so much like coding and math. And I just, yeah. we both like lost the passion to do it, but essentially it was like on what turn does your deck average win? And that would kind of determine like one thing, but it was like 10 different things that you would essentially enter in for your deck. And then it would pump out on a scale of one to 10 or zero to a hundred, what the value was to me. And then certain things were weighted higher, like extra turns had more weight than removal, but then counter spells had more weight than maybe tutoring lands. So it it was a, there, I think that's how we have to get to. It's just going to take someone who's willing to put in the time and energy and talk to a broad community. It's like right. you're going to have to do like a survey monkey to get everyone's opinion. I guess, and, and, and like, I don't know. I kind of felt like, especially after doing the draft for three days in a row and just wanting to play a game, people were like, what power level do you want to play? I was like, I don't care. I don't care, man. Like, I just, I'm playing this deck. And if you want to win, go for it. You know, I was like so tired from playing it. And I think it's like the last thing I'll say about this is just like if you find a if you find a group of people you like to play with, it shouldn't matter. Right. It only matters on when you meet someone else from a different play group that you haven't played with before. So th- beyond that, that's why there's still just no it's all just questions, right? 
what's rule zero? What's seven? What's a seven to someone in Connecticut versus someone in New York? So all that to be said, there was never a time where I was like, I, I personally never felt like I was with someone who was outside of his mind, outside of fake Ryan Gardner. Well, uh, before we hit the last area, which is the one I'm most excited about to hear about all the different creators you got to like meet and talk to and kind of how all those interactions went. Uh, just a quick reminder, guys, we have pivoted our store to Etsy.com. Uh, if you just search CMD Tower on Etsy, you'll find us. Our actual store links, Etsy.com slash store slash CMD Tower. But that's a lot of words. Just Etsy.com, <laughs> type in CMD Tower. And because we did migrate our site over there, we are running a sale for the next week or so. So if you go on to the site, there's a discount code that you guys can use. Um, and, you know, definitely appreciate anything you guys can do there. But Tuck, I saw lots of pictures with lots of content creators. Let's go. This is where this is where this whole thing falls apart. I'm not going to lie to you. I had high expectations to go there and meet people. And I did, uh, which we'll get to. But the problem was, is that these freaking pre-releases took so long and took so much oh. brain damage. Or like, the, like, I was supposed to go to a after party for content creators after Saturday. And then I found out that all the, all no other content creators did three drafts in a row that took four hours and honestly after all that and trading cards i was like i just want to go to get a drink and go to bed yeah so that that's the thing i i think that's my that being said i did meet uh dana roach in person he's humongous very tall man <laughs> very strong i did meet uh tomer in person way thinner than i thought I saw, uh, I'm at Krim, much shorter than I thought. <laughs> He's tiny, man. Uh, this is, and then also I did see, uh, uh, Saffron Olive as well. Monster. Oh, That's did, did you end up missing out on Jim? Jim who? From Spike Feeders. I, yeah, I, I did, I did miss on him. So, but like the, so there was a contingent of content creators that were all like at these tables. Right. And they're all there. But instead of interacting with them, I was too busy running drafts and running commander pods from Baldur's Gate, right? So Lordy. I like so hindsight's 2020, right? Yeah. I got to meet I got to meet Dana Roach and Tomer and a few other people in person. I also found out that Justin Parnell, I know you don't care, but Star City Games, their heights are way not what I expected. Oh no. Because I, I they're usually the crazy thing is the SEG crew, or is that what they're called? SEG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts games. Um, they're actually at every command fest and magic fest because they actually will work the booth and sell. Did you cards. meet them in Kansas City or no? Uh, I I didn't meet them, but I saw what? them at OKC. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, granted, you and I are also monstrous men who are very who are like taller than average. But I will say this: not naming names. My biggest surprise of seeing all these content creators was. They're all very, very short, like pretty much across the board, shorter than I thought, not naming any names. But so, so I guess to, to kind of wrap up on that, knowing what I know now, and especially being a content creator myself, I think it would have been more fun if I had not done so many pre-releases and actually like sat and met because I, I, there's no time, right? Like I was like, I have all these tickets. It's kind of like a magic fest where you're like, oh my God, I have four tickets. I have to fire these games immediately, right? So no one would know now. I would have maybe done one pre-release, 
maybe done a couple of on the fire commands and then had the time to like breathe and sit down with Justin Parnell or Tomer or Krim or uh, Jim from the spike feeders, like all these people who I've seen all my life, but there was just no time. Like when you're trying to gun out these things to do to, to get these promos. So as a content creator, uh, and my advice to other content creators out there would be this, right? It's a big fun thing. There's a lot of content careers out there and I did actually pass out a lot of stickers and I wore my shirt nice. and all that sort of stuff. So in the future for these sort of events, I will say this. I really wish I wouldn't have been focused so much on the pre-releases that I signed up for versus just going out and shaking hands with people. And that's, that's what it boils down to, right? Like shaking hands with Jim or I, I, I met Corey Brumeister briefly and uh, smoked a cigarette with redacted person. And it just worked out. So I think that if you're going if you're going as a content creator to these sort of events, don't focus too much on the event and focus more on the social aspect. That's 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 my big that's my big hairy takeaway from the whole thing. Well, awesome. Well, guys, thanks for staying with us. And as always, remember you can support the team by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, and sharing. You can always stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with us at cmdtower, at Mr. Commodore 5, all spelled out except for the five, at Big Tuck Tweeting. And from your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good mulligan. <laughs>